it's now time for an in-depth look dedicated to all things pertaining to the New York Red Bulls, tackling all of the latest news and happenings both on and off the pitch. This is the Fall of Bulls Podcast. The Red Bulls' winless streak reached four games after they failed to hold the lead at Kansas City. We look back at the draw versus Sporting Kansas City, which involved an ugly incident with Kaku, give our thoughts on the latest Thierry Henry rumors, and preview New York's trip up to Foxborough for a battle with fellow bottom dweller, New England Revolution. Yes, we are back once again on the Full of Bulls podcast after uh, a week where schedules didn't line properly. There was a few things that came up here and there. Um, you know, we thought maybe give the Red Bulls a break for a week. It turns out uh, it's still not that much great to talk about, and there's uh, some ugly incidents as well. Of course, Alfredo Fumasas alongside me, Mike Corbett, talking all things affiliated with the New York Red Bulls and their their play of late and possibly some rumors and talk a little bit about some of the positives with the club with um, RB2. There are any. Yeah, RB2. Is doing, uh, RB2 is probably yeah. the only positive, right? Yeah, yeah, they're not, they're not too bad. Actually, they just won tonight. We'll get to them later, but they just were recording this Wednesday night. They come off a big 4 nothing thrashing of Hartford tonight, so so good for them. Of course, you can follow us on our Twitter page at FOBS Podcast. You could subscribe on iTunes. We're on Anchor FM. Uh, they're still popping up on Podbean as well. Um, Alfredo, how you doing? I know we, we weren't able to, to to get things together last week. I had a few things come up, and um, you know, a few other times when you were recording your other podcast. Actually, yeah, you might not have been recording that last week, but we weren't able to get in there. You know, it was an ugly win, a loss once again again to Minnesota United. So, so hey, you yeah. know what? Maybe, maybe uh, a week away. You know, away yeah, from look, the club. But uh, yeah, I wish we. I wish we could use the excuse of our schedules didn't line up to do the podcast just as an excuse of how uh, depressed we are by these Red Bulls yeah. <laughs> this season. It's going to be a long, long season if things continue to be like this. But, yeah, this, the schedules didn't align. We were not hiding. As yeah. uh, the people that listen to uh, our podcast, you guys yeah. know that we like to give it to you to you straight, oh, especially yeah, we, we Mike. Sh- I did. Yeah. <laughs> I tend to be, be a little name, bit more even yes. keeled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tend yeah, to not... be a little bit more even keeled and uh, a glass uh, half full type of guy and give yeah. the benefit of the doubt. But uh, I think at this point, all that uh, benefit has gone out the window. Kaku just kicked that that your glass that you had half full. He kicked that right out of your, out of your hands. And we'll, we'll get to that <laughs> there, in a moment. Yeah. yeah. There's right, a bunch well, of jokes you can make with this Kaku yeah. thing. Well, after a 2-1 home loss two weekends ago to Minnesota United, giving them three straight defeats, the Red Bulls played to a 2-2 draw at Sporting Kansas City. So if you want to look at a positive, they snapped the three-game losing streak there. So uh, there, there's one positive. Red Bulls fell behind uh, for the fifth straight game when Sporting Kansas City's Johnny Russell put one past Luis Robles in the 24th minute off a throw-in, no less. We'll get to that. New York did fight back in the second half. Goals from Danny Royer in the 52nd minute. And Brian White, who came on as a sub for BWP in the 72nd minute, he scores about three minutes later at the 75th minute to take the 2-1 lead. And, and what a goal it was for the Red Bulls. You know, Kaku had a great pass and White's diving header. You know, you thought, hey, this might be it. This might where it turns around for the Red Bulls. No, it would eventually go all wrong for the Red Bulls and especially for Kaku. 
in the 88th minute after Luis Robles punched aside a corner kick. Uh, Graham Zuzzi collected it. He didn't really clear it out completely. He collected it and found 16-year-old Gianluca Busio, who scored the equalizer for Sporting Kansas City. It looked like it was just going to end right there, 2-2. I believe uh, Kansas City also hit the post as well. But then in the final seconds, as time was dying down, a frustrated Kaku. I don't know exactly what he's frustrated. We thought the ball was out on, on Kansas City. He was ruled out on Red Bulls, whatever it was, and maybe just frustrated the way the game is going. Attempts to hit um, – I guess this is typical of the Red Bull season, not hitting the target. Uh, he, yeah. attempts, he attempts to hit one of the electrical advertising boards you see on the, the sidelines at, at any, uh, any soccer game or throughout the country. And instead of uh, hitting the, uh, the boards – Launches the ball straight into the first row, blasting a fan right in the face, causing a skirmish. The Kansas City players come over there pissed off. They see one of their fans get blasted in the face by an opposing player. The Red Bulls, I guess maybe some didn't see exactly what happened. They see people going after Kaku, so they come jumping in, I know. And this is also where you talk about having a captain as your goalie. You have Luis Robles coming running all the way out and jumping into the mix. Uh, Not a good scene, and it's just – not really good, you know, already troubling 2019 for Kaku with everything adding up, just not not good at all. So the Red Bulls snapped the three-game losing streak, as I said, but they are now winless in four straight games. Their last win against San Jose on March 16th. So over a month now, the last time the Red Bulls yeah. are defending supporter shield holders and uh, setting the all-time record for most points and wins in a single season, now – haven't won in over a month, and now sit in ninth place in the Eastern Conference with five points, just five points after six games played. Three points behind Cincy, expansion Cincinnati, for the seventh place in the final playoff spot, and nine points now, Alfredo, behind Eastern Conference leading D.C. United with uh, all their designated players. So looked like you you were saying it looked like there were signs of progress, but once again, more self-inflicted wounds. Yeah, and look, the the San Jose team, who is a team that uh, many have touted as probably the worst team in the league, now has yeah. just as many wins as the Red Bulls. And that was a game the Red Bulls so, had a rally in the second half to, to to get the win after being outplayed in the first half by San Jose. But yes, right. But the the thing is that look, um, it, it it's been bad, and uh, I guess the the. The one point in Gramercy Park is probably not the worst result you're going to get against the KC team that's usually very good. Uh, again, a KC team that had played midweek, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Guy got so perhaps pretty badly the... in uh, the CONCACAF Champions League, so they're a little smarting from that. But, yes, also haven't played midweek, too. You thought you could maybe have gotten them. but. It, it... And yeah, and, and and maybe that's maybe that's where you could attribute the the resurgence by the Red Bulls in the second half as to some tired legs by KC. But nonetheless, the Red Bulls did well to put themselves in a position to win the game. But again, uh, this team is in in complete disarray. Not even, and I was saying this before we we came on. Not even the defense, who was stellar mm-hmm. and was one of the best defense, if not the best defensive line last season in MLS, they can't even seem to be able to carry this team or keep the the goals away. I think the Red Bulls are still looking for their first shutout of the season, if I'm not mistaken. And it's it's just been that type of season for the Red Bulls so far. And we're only 
what, maybe uh, uh, almost a quarter of the season in? Yeah, and here's the thing. When you talk about the defense, this is what they really rode last year. Obviously, there was there's plenty of other aspects of the game that the Red Bulls played last year that were very good. But the defense in particular, bringing in Tim Parker, when you trade away Philippe to get Tim Parker, you had Aaron Long who was emerging. He was the U, uh, not only the USL Defender of the Year a few years ago, but last year named MLS Defender of the Year. You had Kamar Lawrence who also he, – he missed the, the game this past week for illness – but he's uh, hardly been healthy. And then you have Mario, and then you have Connell Lane, who has to play a lot because, you know, coming in for these guys. That was looked upon as one – and, of course, Luis Robles and Nett, the, the veteran goalkeeper. But they've just been a mess. And this is after Tim Parker got his money. Aaron Long got paid. And then you had uh, Hamlet saying before the, the season – Oh well, well, yeah. We don't have a third designated player, but you know, having guys like Kamar Lawrence and Aaron Long are almost like having an extra designated players. And then you, your your defense looks like this week in and week out. That I mean, not only are they getting you know picked apart, but it's just how they're conceding the goals. One was off a throw in the first goal, and the other one off of another set piece off a corner kick. It wasn't completely off the corner kick. It was Robles punching it out, not being able to clear it completely out. Zuzi picks it up and you know puts it in you know to the to the 16-year-old kid for the winner. Uh, you know, and that's another thing that they always pride themselves on, you know, they they are they're set pieces and you know how they set up for set pieces. Everything's just been a mess whether it's the midfield, whether it's up front, whether it's defending. Ro- Robles has had some um, you know, some moments as well too that haven't been that great either. Yeah, it, look, it, yes. it's contagious, right? At this point it's contagious because even the guys that you felt were absolutely stellar or have been stellar and have been consistent in their efforts. Even these guys are, are now faltering. Um, and, and Parker, as you mentioned, was a guy that last year w- was very good. We all know mm-hmm. that the, he has some, he has limitations to his game, but what he does, he does well. He's a good defender. He's a hard nosed defender. Um, but this year after getting paid, we kind of see a, a Tim Parker. That's just like, where does guy come from? And it's not helping the rebels and this whole situation, uh, the rebels under disarray. And now they, they have a chance. They will get into it. They'll play in, against new, new England, who is probably in the same yeah. state. And when you don't think that things could get worse, things could possibly get worse. Yeah. Um, this is just, we'll get back on target here for a second. Cause then I, I definitely want to talk about, you know, some of the positives, Brian White and stuff like that. And then the, the real negative as in Kaku, but I just thought of something, um, when, when you were speaking, when I, when I made the reference about the designated players, obviously it's something we harp on. If you hear this every week, we always harp on it, but you, t- um, I remember you sent me a link. I, I'd already saw it beforehand. I think I, I saw it about 10 or 15 minutes before you sent me the link. And it was uh, when they were interviewing Philippe at, at halftime of the um, the Vancouver Whitecaps, their home game against the LA Galaxy. Yeah. And he pretty much t- said on the broadcast, on the TSN broadcast up there in Vancouver, how he was a little upset where here it is supposed to be the home crowd and everyone's sitting there, you know, cheering on Zlatan and stuff like that as, you know, the big the uh, money guy that LA brought on. And I'm going, you know, the LA Galaxy looked like they were taking a downturn about two years ago. And I'm not, I'm just saying, you know, actually LAFC is, is the, the new hot commodity there out, out in Southern California. But yeah, LA Galaxy always had big name players, designated players. And 
They had a little bit of a dip, but then they brought on Zlatan, and they're still not that good. You know, look upon as being like a really great team, but they're still competitive. And just what he brings out of the team, just his talent. I know he's up there in age and I saw him towards the end at Manchester United where it wasn't looking that good, but just see, it doesn't always have to be an older player like that. But you saw it with, I was just thinking with Philippe saying how old people were coming out to see him. And then you look at the Red Bulls having an open spot and then also looking in the crowd might get to this also a little bit later, what we're going to talk about after we wrap up the game and before we get to the uh, the game against uh, New England coming up. But you think about how these guys, how they could be game changers, and there's no one really with that with the Red Bulls. I guess the only one, yeah, like Brian White coming on for BWP, their designated player. You know, they brought him on for fresh legs, and he made the most of it. But also they talk about this kid that they're hyping up, Jurgensen over from Denmark. He didn't even make the trip with the Red Bulls this week. It was Brian White who made the trip to Kansas City. Yeah, look, sometimes it doesn't have to be a guy that uh, really carries the team on the back on the on the pitch, right? Sometimes it just has to be has to be that that presence in a locker room. Um, and yes, you may say veteranship also, but when you have a guy that's been in several locker rooms in the most competitive leagues in the world that's been around all types of players and is respected by their teammates that there's a, a a sense of looking up to this guy and seeing how this guy behaves and then following uh that type of behavior with whether it's determination whether it's motivation whether whether it's dedication to the team whether it's just you need to clear your head and you need to ch shake off these cobwebs and you really need to get going sometimes a presence like that is going to help a team a lot especially when you look at uh, the rebels and you look at the rebels uh, age average player age average which is not that high there's a lot of young players that perhaps at this point are not really sure what's going on or know what to do to come out mm -hmm. of this funk. And, and here it is where other teams trot out their, their, their big name designated players and give you reasons to come out to the game. And the Red Bulls trot out, Oh, here's a guy from Bergen County. Here's a guy from Westchester County. Here's a guy from Long Island. Here's a guy from Brooklyn. You know, if I want to go see those type of guys, we could just go drive to a local place and see some high school kids play at a, at a, at a local field or go watch, you know, yeah. go watch my nephews play, <laughs> you know, it just, uh, just the old, how what? they just go about it. And they just expect you just, yeah. that's how they try to, to sell you upon, you know, them being cheap, but they just try to sell you upon, Oh no, we, we build with the, the younger kids, the local kids. And you yeah. see, through, and you're really starting to see it catch up to the Red Bulls now because you're seeing these new teams coming in, teams like Atlanta. You saw a little bit with NYCFC. I know now they're, they're, they're changing things up, but it almost seems like NYCFC is waiting for their next uh, place to jump and getting designated players. They just don't want, necessarily want to grab someone. I understand that. You know, the Red Bulls say the same thing too. But I think NYC, they're developing their academy, but they're not afraid to go out and bring the big name guys, LA Galaxy, LAFC. Uh, you know, that's the way you see these teams going. And you're starting to see the Red Bulls. Yeah, they had that nice season last year, but you're starting to see them, you know, fall behind, you know, further behind some of these, um, the, the new way of thinking in MLS. Yeah, I think that the Red Bulls have, uh, have done well. 
Uh, and when I say they've done well, I think they they did very well when Jesse Marsh came along and they adopted this new uh, philosophy, when they adopted this new game idea of the counter press and the high press. Uh, but teams just, just got used to it. And, and listening to Harmus's uh, press conference saying the teams now prepare for us. They're prepared. Yeah. If, if you know the teams are going to prepare for you, then they you prepare need to be something doing different. something different. Because, I you mean, they're doing something different. Yeah. And they did that with Jesse Marsh, too. And he still have the sort of the same, um, you know, mentality. But, you know, he would change things up when he needed to. If he saw yeah. one thing wasn't working, he would change things up. It wouldn't necessarily abandon the philosophy, but sometimes you have to go about doing it different ways. But him, he's just, oh, we're going to keep on doing it the right way. Then yeah. he'll complain about all the teams playing long balls and stuff like that. It's just yeah, and, and just one, one last thing, and, and I know that we're kind of jumping around a little bit, but yeah. one last thing, when I was talking about a, a player of that uh, of that caliber to be able to bring on a calming presence, the other thing that you don't have is that you don't have a coach that has the experience to be able to get these players also mm -hmm. off of this moment, ah. uh, right? So, you know, so so it, look, and I comment with people on press row all the time that uh, I'm not sure about Armas's uh, future with the with the Red Bulls. I think he's a super duper nice guy, but at this point. I don't think he has done much to help the Red Bulls up until now. Nope. And as you say that, we're going to get to that in just one moment before we do. Just the incident we talked about earlier with Kaku blasting the fan in the face with the ball. It's just one thing after another with this guy from this year. And it started last year. We're towards the end of the season where he wasn't putting up the stats, but he had, you know, Armas always covering from, oh, he's doing these other things well, he's doing these other things well. But it was it was sort of up to him to help generate offense, and he wasn't really doing that towards the end of last year. And you really saw it come playoff time, it really hurt him. Now coming into this season, you had the incident with with him and his, uh, with his agent coming out, trashing the club, trashing Red Bull overall, saying, he wants out, sell him to, to Mexico, to Club America, that the Red Bulls didn't help his family with, with visas. They didn't get him his, his furniture he wanted, I guess, with Raymore Flanagan, wherever the hell he wanted furniture. Just complaining about all this stuff, just completely trashing the club. And all right, you got to walk in and you got to, you know, play these, you know, <laughs> you know, go and play for the guy. Like, hey, how you guys doing? Oh, yeah, don't mind what my, my agent said. But the agent sort of speaks for you. The you know, agent's not going to come out and say all this stuff if you don't give them. Yeah, you know, the approval. The same thing you see with like with Paul Pogba, yeah. all of his nonsense. You know what? It, it, it comes from the player. Then he gets suspended for. He's not, you know, in one of the games early, the, the San Jose game, because of some tweets he put out there. And then now this situation, he's going to be gone for it was a violent conduct. So that's at least three games. I can't believe they haven't made any other announcements for any uh, additional suspensions, but. Uh, I I just don't know. If it's up to me, I would just cut bait with him right now. I, I you see that what he could do with that pass he put on to to Brian White, where he headed it in, where it looked like that was going to be the winner for the Red Bulls. But then you get all this other stuff that comes with him, and it's just been overall weighing the positive and negatives with with Kaku right now, and especially after this. If he never played again for the Red Bulls, I wouldn't mind one bit. Yeah, uh, and look, 
like uh, <laughs> and I, I hate to always go back to this and it, it, here's me playing devil's advocate mm -hmm. uh, we don't know that kaku hasn't looked at this team and especially from what we what he saw from the team and his coaching staff in the latest stages of last season as as chris armas took over and realized this is not the place for me. This is not the coach for me. This is not the style for me. So we don't know if that's where it started. And it's it's coming all to a head to this point. We we don't know how much of that is because uh, he thinks he could be making more money elsewhere or he's just not happy with the current team situation. That's well, That's the thing. We don't know any of this. Well, I, I, I get it. I get where maybe... You know, he came here, he got exposure, he might have had you know, a better deal in Mexico. You know, he still doesn't really uh, grasp the English language. So move to Mexico where you could speak his native tongue, he could speak Spanish, I understand that. And maybe it's easier for his family to, to, to fly up from Paraguay or, well, he plays for Paraguay, but I know he's from Argentina. I'm not sure which country his parents live in right now, but it might be easier for them to, to obtain visas there in Mexico. So I get it. I get it. Maybe, you know, he saw the way you know, he liked the way they played on the marsh and the way they were playing on the armist. He wants out. Okay. I understand if a player wants to move, but then that, that should have been before training camp. That should have been clarified earlier. And then, you know what? You still signed a contract. So if the Red Bulls don't move you, you still got to show up. You still got to play. You still got to act professional. Because you know what? That still could help you when you move. Because not only that, it could help the, maybe the club get more money. It could also maybe attract more demand for you. Maybe there's some other Mexican teams or maybe somewhere else where people would start throwing some money. Go, hey, we like the way this guy is playing. I mean, you saw the big move that was Almiron made to Newcastle. I'm not saying that you know, Kaku is going to be moving there to, over to England. But, hey, he would do himself better. By just showing up, laying off all this other nonsense, stop kicking the ball into the crowd, stop tweeting out nonsense, stop having your agents, you know, bitch and complain about furniture, Who's just that? show up and play. Now you're stuck with you know three match ban, probably is going to be more, and it's still going to be that that negative connotation going. You could have other clubs going. Is this the guy that we really want? Yeah, he's and not only that, not, you're hurting not, the Red uh, Bulls and trying to get rid of you. And then the Red Bulls might be going, "Well, you know what? We can't get rid of them because we're not going to get any money back. So we got to keep them until you know get some value out of them." Yeah, he's definitely not uh, helping his case to to make the jump. Uh, so he's he, it's like he's not helping the Red Bulls. He's not helping himself. So no. it's it's a lose lose situation for Kaku and and the Rebels, and and it's not ideal. And now, at, at what point do you start thinking that this is a cancer that I gotta get rid of? Exactly. Because at this point, nothing is working for this team, uh, and you have to start looking at things that could possibly be affecting the locker room and how this team really gets past this moment and yeah. and starts to to do something decent this season. Yeah, because we don't know how long. He's if he's going to have further suspension, but he's going to be out three games. So that's also three games where the Red Bulls lose a designated player. They only have two to begin with, so they're going to be losing a designated player. And now they're just going to you know these next three games. You're going to have Bradley Wright Phillips, who sort of depends on 
you know, getting service from Kaku, but that really hasn't happened much this year. BWP only got one goal, and he's the only designated player who's going to be in the lineup the next three days. So you got to replace him. I don't know. You're going to throw in, you know, Bezicourt for the, the, to play for him, Shakovsky. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, you saw what Kaku could do with that pass. Now he's gone again. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody. Uh, I don't think anybody doubts the, what the the, the amount just, of talent that Kaku brings to this I team. Mean, yeah, it's just it's just an overall mess, and they probably should have worked a little bit better in, in moving him before the season. But instead of them trying to you know play him a little bit longer and try to get some more money out of Club America, now you're stuck with this, and now you have a designated player that's at least banned for three games, if not more. And your your team is in almost in the toilet right now to begin with. Not an ideal situation. And yeah. Dennis Hamlet surely is feeling the pressure. Chris Armas is feeling the pressure, yeah. and the team is feeling the pressure. Yeah, and now um, started hearing the rumors now with Terry Henry, where yes, he didn't do too well this past year with Monaco when he was named their manager and he was uh, axed after twenty games. But there are reports. Now, it's coming out of Sky Sports News. You never know. Some of the guys over there, they, they could be just throwing stuff out there because they want you know clicks on their on their internet. They want clicks on their Twitter pages because there's been some U.S.-based reporters that have sort of shot this down, but they're talking about how Henri has been in talks with Red Bull about taking over as head coach of the New York Red Bulls, which is weird because they haven't fired Chris Armas yet. And there hasn't been any reports that they're about to fire Chris Armas. Now uh, you, you think about Henri's connection to the club. He's looked upon, you know, very glowingly among all the supporters. He helped put people's in the seats in Red Bull arena, but he did that as a, as a player. Not, I don't know how much a coach does. Um, he has familiarity with the club. Could be an opportunity to get back into managing. Be good for him to get his feet wet again in, in MLS. And just do what uh, almost like what Patrick Vieira did. I guess we don't know if this is really a legit rumor or not with Thierry Henry. But there, where there's smoke, there could be fire. And Chris Armas really hasn't helped himself since, I would say, last postseason until now. And th this, this is something I, I think you might want to keep an eye on. Well, here's the thing, and, and, and yes, uh, it did come out of Sky Sports, and, and yes, there was a lot of guys, not a lot of guys, but quite a few guys that that, that are that are prominent writers for the MLS that have shot that down. But here's the thing. There's so many layers to this Red Bull organization that Henri might be dealing with the parent company in Austria, and Red Bull New York knows nothing about it. Yeah. So, you know, take it. Take it as you will, but it, it is there's definitely a connection there. Uh, and any other thing that that I was as we were trading test text today, the other thing is that Henry is not going to come to uh, New York, and he's not going to subscribe to the, the the mo that oh we're we're gonna uh, raise from within, we're gonna promote from within, we're gonna play our youngsters we're gonna play this style no Henry knows what it takes to to be successful in this league because he spent quite a, a little bit of time and he's not going to come to the rebels if the rebels are not going to give him the tools that he needs yeah so if, yeah he's not coming there until he's, he goes you know what I, I need designated players I also need these type of players 
This is how we're going to do it. Yeah, you want to talk about your kids? Yeah, if they're ready to play, I'm going to play. And if not, we're not just going to trot out people out there just so you can say that, you know, oh, look at this new kid we have from Hoboken or this new kid we got from Valley Stream on Long Island. Yeah, yeah. That, that's nonsense. It's not going to fly with him. Yeah, no, for sure. So maybe it's early stages of uh, of conversations. Maybe he has been approached, but things haven't really progressed. But for all we know, the parent company could be having talks with uh, with Arm uh, with uh, with Henri, yeah. and the New York doesn't know anything about it. Yeah, or yeah, they yeah. do, but they know that it hasn't gotten as far as that. I, dude, I don't know. Well, we, at we, this we, point, I don't we know. We see how this whole Red Bull, Bull organization works. We kept on hearing the rumors last year about Jesse Marsh going over to to, to Leipzig, and it eventually, eventually it came about. All of a sudden, just one day, he just moved. Oh, yeah, one day he's in New York, all of a sudden, boom, next day he's over in Germany, that they just sort of moved him over. Same thing with Tyler Adams. Henri... Definitely wants to get back into coaching again, and I think that would be a fit. And you have Red Bull probably looking at it overall, going, "Hey, we could slide him into uh, yeah, the MLS team in in New York, New Jersey." Uh, he was a guy that the fans loved there. If he starts doing well, then maybe if an opportunity opens up over with uh, Leipzig, we can move him over there. You know, so I I, I could see them. And he's always maintained good relationships with Red Bull, you know, since he retired too. He comes back every now and then for, for matches and stuff like that. And looking at it from Chris Armas' point of view, yeah, it's not necessarily that he's the interim manager. He was named permanent manager, but I think it was almost like a, a temporary permanent manager where they figured, yeah, we're just going to name him that for now until somewhere longer down the line, if we can get someone better then boom, they'll just, you know, cut bait with him because it's, you know, right now it's not as if really Chris Armas is really offering much in, in the managerial yeah, skills. And, yeah. And look, as we mentioned here, I could understand if, if the team was absolutely, absolutely decimated with guys that left, but you let you, lost one player and you won the shield you have the obligation to do much better and we're just repeating yeah. ourselves and we're just beating yeah. a dead horse at this point but something needs to happen here as i said with the whole designated player thing yeah they should have some designated players that he should have a little bit more to work with but that being said what he currently has to work with is better than you know losing to orlando or losing to minnesota or losing to, to chicago or you know, settling for a draw late at Kansas City. Oh, that, maybe that's a little bit rough. But having to come <laughs> back against uh, San Jose, you know, all the, these games. Yeah, maybe if you know the, the team was in playoff position, but they were coming up short against Atlanta because they didn't have the firepower up against NYCFC, NYCFC, who been a disaster, or DC United or LAFC. I get that. We say, hey, if I had this extra designated player or two players. You know, we could get over the top on these guys. But when you're getting, you know, your, your teeth kicked in by teams that have been you know, bottom feeders the past few years, then, you know what, you're not helping your cause one bit. And, you know, if these rumors are swirling around about your job and, you know, they're talking to Henri, well, you did it upon yourself, Chris. I, I'm sorry. No, absolutely. Well, we'll see how it goes. All right. Before we wrap up here, just go through few, some other Red Bull news of notes. Uh, RB2, as he said. Uh, they beat the uh, Hartford Athletic tonight 4-0. They're back in action Saturday afternoon out at Montclair State against Loudoun United. Kickoff schedule for 1 p.m. Might be some rain to forecast if you're heading out there to Montclair State on Saturday, so bring your rain ponchos. And also, 
Speaking of Jesse Marsh, he it was announced that he'll be taking over as manager of Red Bull Salzburg in Austria. Now he made the move over to, to Leipzig, where he was an assistant. When he also, uh, I don't want to say he brought along, but he was also joined by former New York Red Bull Tyler Adams, who's doing pretty well now, playing for Leipzig there in the Bundesliga. So, you know, congrats to Jesse moving up. Uh, yeah. Also to Tyler Adams as well. Uh, he's making a name for himself, and there's also rumors about Tyler about some teams in the Premier League starting to get interested in him now. So obviously, I, I thought of him would try to stay in years in Germany before he make a big yeah. move. All right, coming yeah. up this Saturday, the Red Bulls head up to one of their old rivals, New England Revolution, up at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough. Sometimes it's been a house of horrors for the Red Bulls. MSG will have the coverage. <laughs> Brad Friedel's team. Talk about the Red Bulls struggling. Well, they're struggling as well. They're bottom of the Eastern Conference with four points, which actually puts them only one point behind the Red Bulls after seven games played. They're coming off a 2-0 loss at home to Atlanta United, and they've lost their last two games. Red Bulls lost there at Foxborough 2-1 last year, but did beat them uh, two years ago, 3-2 up at Gillette Stadium. Also, in honor of Earth Day, both the Red Bulls and Revolution will be wearing special jerseys made from recycled marine plastic waste. So uh, that, that, that's nice. I know the Red Bulls did that once last year, too. So. Yeah, whatever then uh, wasn't eaten by a whale, yeah. now it's being uh, put together yeah. to uh, make these uniforms. Yeah, of course, on MLSsoccer.com, I'm sure they'll be selling them for like 100 something dollars as well. So, yeah, just pick up a trash off the side of the road and turn it, and turn it into money. So... Uh, yeah, that's smart. All right, you're trying to build off of that draw in, in Kansas City. I'm just trying to think, um, I guess, two things. What in particular do you really build off of that game heading into this one against New England is also struggling? And just how with the starting 11? Kamar Lawrence was sick last week. I, I don't know. I, I assume that the way he made it sound like it was an illness, so I'm assuming that he'll be back this week. I know he got banged up a few weeks ago, too. You have no Kaku, so you got to you know, you figure out how you're going to cover that up. And I guess you really can't really make any changes to the defense when it comes to personnel because I guess the guys they put out there for the most part are, are – <laughs> there's no one really uh, pushing them for their for their job. So you, you're stuck with those guys. Kyle, so. Kyle, Duncan, uh, Kyle Duncan played uh, for RB2 tonight. And a few, a few of the guys yeah. were getting some. He was on the bench. He was on the bench uh, last week. He didn't make an appearance. Obviously, he was there if someone got hurt. Yeah, he was in. Uh, he was in a starting eleven uh, this week. Uh, him and uh, who else? Uh, Brian White was also in the lineup. Uh, Ryan Mira was also in the lineup. This is right off the top of my yeah. my head without even uh, looking. But uh, yeah, those guys were in uh, were in the lineup uh, tonight as uh, RB two. Played the uh, uh, Marcus Epps was he playing too? What I played last um, game. You know what? I don't know. Hmm. Well, I, don't I mean, know. heading heading into this one, yeah. it, I, I've said this the past few podcasts. Going all right. Here, here's where yeah, the Red Bulls were bad last week, but they got to come out. They got to get the win this week. I don't even know what really to expect if. Yeah, you know, at ten o'clock or eleven o'clock Saturday evening, the Red Bulls won three nil. That wouldn't shock me. But if they lost three nil or lost four to one, that wouldn't shock me either. And and that's just where this team is at right now. Not that I'm saying that that's really great, because I, I know they'll go up against New England. That's why I would say 
it wouldn't shock me if they came away with a three nil victory, but could they lose? Yeah, they, they could lose badly up there. They, they've always had issues. Guys like, uh, uh, who was it? Uh, Bunbury's up there. Juan Agadello, former Red Bull guys, of course, problems with Red Bulls in the past. I could easily see him losing up there. Yeah. Up, up on the up on it's, the turf there, the turf monster grabs them a few yeah, times. It's the battle of the ugly up in Gillette. Yeah, and I mean you, you also look at with with New England too. That's a team where the fans have gotten on as well as the past because that's a team that's one of the original MLS clubs, and they, they haven't won an MLS Cup as well. They've been to a few more MLS Cup finals in the Red Bulls, but they've never won, and. Yeah, the fans are really starting to, to complain about them up there too. So you look at these two uh, founders of the league, and you just really wonder the direction and you know the hope for each of these franchises. And they both, you know, at least for this year, it just looks glum. Yeah, well, at least the the Rebels were able to do something in a soccer specific stadium, which is something that the Revs don't have. Yeah, uh, but but nonetheless, you know. We'll see. It's uh, you know we'll we'll see. Yeah. Well, also the Revs. Easter I think, weekend. I we'll see. Yeah, I think Revs is more of a situation too, where they're located out in Foxborough. You know, that's still a good forty. You know, thirty-five, forty minutes outside of, of Boston. You know, if, if they were playing in a football stadium, you know, if the Patriots had their stadium in Boston, I don't think it would be as bad for the for the Revs. Because we can look at the Red Bulls with the soccer-specific stadium, but sometimes being in that location where they're at at Harrison, sometimes you know people don't necessarily flock there, even when the Red Bulls are playing well. So I get you. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll find out come Saturday evening if maybe the Red Bulls uh, stopped the bleeding, or if they just you know took another knife and go, hey, where, where's the, I have a, another piece of flesh that hasn't been gouged? All right, here we go. <laughs> and just yeah, keep on stabbing themselves even more. But Alfredo, it was great talking to you once again, even though we're on here, or at least I'm on here bitching and complaining a lot. But thanks for talking to you. Uh, thanks for talking to me once again. Uh, you have a good rest of your week, and uh, we'll, we'll be doing this once again soon next week. All right, buddy? Yes, same to you, Mike, and uh, happy uh, happy uh, uh, holiday or Easter yes, weekend. Yes, happy Easter, everyone. Everyone, hopefully you have a good uh, Easter weekend. And uh, hopefully the Red Bulls do as well. For Alfredo Fumasas, this is Mike Corbett. It was the Full of Bulls podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FOBS Podcast, on Instagram at Full of Bulls, and visit our Facebook page and subscribe on iTunes. This has been a presentation of the Full of Bulls Podcast. Thank you for listening.